Did you know that you can be a critically thinking, rational person and be a Christian? Did you know that there's good evidence that Christianity is true? Did you know that the Christian faith can withstand the toughest of scrutiny? Welcome to the Cerebral Faith Podcast, where we believe because of the brains God gave us and not in spite of them. I'm your host, Evan Minton. Welcome to the Cerebral Faith Podcast, where we use the brains that God gave us. As you know from last week's episode, I pretty much gave a eulogy for my mother. She passed away from COPD. She had struggled with COPD for about yeah seven years. She was first diagnosed with it in 2013, and she just gradually got worse and worse over time until she passed away uh, on September 27th. At 2021 at 1025 a.m. Now, we don't, we're not having, uh, we didn't have a burial, uh, or we won't have a burial. I'm recording this episode in advance, weeks before, a couple of weeks before you're listening to it. So, we'll by the time you're listening to this, we'll probably have already done what we plan on doing, but she there's not going to be she's not going to be buried. There's not going to be this big uh ceremony service. Um uh she's going to be cremated. And this is a this is a question I I thought that this w- was a good time to bring this up on the podcast because this is something that Christians think about, they worry about. Uh, Is God okay with cremation? Um, Historically, this is something the the church has uh, talked about. Historically, and I mean like hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, um, cremation was a no-no because we're, we're going to be resurrected. The Bible teaches that human beings are going to be raised from the dead. We're not just going to exist as disembodied spirits for all eternity. God's going to give us, uh, uh, he's going to put us back in our bodies. And if you read the gospel accounts, um, the body that Jesus had when he was raised from the dead was the same body that he died in, that he left on the cross. Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and the next day the the tomb was empty. The women went to the tomb, they found the tomb empty, they initially thought someone had taken the body until they saw Jesus appear to them. And the early creed in 1 Corinthians 15, which, you know, as I've talked about on this podcast and on my YouTube channel and on my blogs and some of my books, uh, is the earliest report of the resurrection we have. Uh... 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 8. It's an early creed. Dates, scholars date it to about five years after the death of Jesus. And, uh, you know, Jesus died, he was buried, then he was raised, and he appeared to Cephas, and then the twelve, then to 500 people, and then James, Jesus' brother, and then last of all, he appeared to Paul. And, in the, and although an empty tomb is not explicit in 1 Corinthians 15, it is implicit. Jesus died, was buried, and was raised. What goes down in burial goes up in resurrection. 
And as I've said before on this podcast, there's really no reason for Paul to mention the burial unless it's to be juxtaposed with the the crucifixion and the resurrection. So Jesus, Jesus, the body, the the skeleton was refleshed with, you know, uh, an imperishable body, uh, imperishable flesh. Uh, but it was the same skeletal structure. It was the same skeleton that was put in the tomb. As Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 to 21 says, quote, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body, end quote. So, early Christians rejected cremation because... Either they didn't think that God was able to reassemble the ashes of the dead, which is not likely, or they saw it as sort of a a denial and a rejection of the bodily resurrection. Instead, Jews and early Christians practiced burial. The Bible does not give any specific teaching about cremation. We, we do have some occurrences in the Old Testament of people being burned to death. For example, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 18. I mean, uh, 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 18, and 2 Kings chapter 21, verse 6. Um, 1 Kings 16, 18 says, quote, And when Zimri saw that the city was taken, he went into the citadel of the king's house and burned the king's house over him with fire and died. And 2 Kings chapter 21, verse 6 says, quote, And he burned his son as an offering, and used fortune-telling and omens, and dealt with mediums and with necromancers. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger, end quote. Uh, the Bible also mentions human bones being burned in 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 16 to 20. 2 Kings chapter 16, I mean, uh, 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 16 to 20 says, quote, And as Josiah returned, he saw the tombs there on the mount, and he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar and defiled it, according to the word of the Lord that the man of God proclaimed, who had predicted these things. Then he said, What is that monument that I see? And the men of the city told him, It is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and predicted these things that you have done against the altar at Bethel. And he said, Let him be, let no man move his bones. So they let his bones alone with the bones of the prophet who came out of Samaria. And Josiah removed all the shrines and also of the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which kings of Israel had made, provoking the Lord to anger. He did to them according to all that he had done at Bethel, and he sacrificed all the priests of the high places who were there on the altars and burned human bones on them, and and he returned to Jerusalem. So, we have occurrences in the Old Testament, people being burned to death, 1 Kings 16.18, 2 Kings 21.6, and of human bones being burned, 2 Kings 23, verses 16 to 20. Uh, But these are not 
examples of cremation. Um, GotQuestions.org has an article about this said, called What Does the Bible Say About Cremation? where uh, they said basically what I just said about you know these Old Testament occurrences of people being burned. Um, and it point the the writer of of this author um, the writer of this article says quote it is interesting to note that in Second Kings chapter twenty three verses sixteen to twenty burning human bones on an altar desecrated the altar at the same time the Old Testament law nowhere commands that a deceased human body not be burned nor does it attach any curse or judgment on someone who is cremated end quote. And then the, the article goes on to say that cremation was practiced in biblical times, but it was not commonly practiced by Israelites or, or New Testament believers, uh, and that in biblical times, they mostly just practiced burial. Um, and it talks about how, you know, the Bible doesn't, there's no explicit command in either testaments, in either covenant, that says, you know, you shall not uh, cremate your dead. Uh, I find that silence uh, very interesting. Uh, if if the resurrection, uh, I mean, if the if cremation was just a super duper huge no no, we would expect that there be at least some passages saying not to do it, or like the GotQuestions.org article says, um, you know, commands a uh, against deceased human bodies being burned, and, and maybe it attaches a curse or a judgment on, on someone who's cremated, or a curse or a judgment on someone who, uh, who does the cremating. Um, you know, the Old Testament laws were very, you know, they covered a lot of ground, and yet there's nothing in the Old Testament at all that says that... Cremation is is prohibited. Uh, you 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 would think that God could you think the uh, God and and the author of the Torah could spend some space saying, "Hey, don't do this," uh, because it's you know it desecrates the body and it's very very bad and and but you know it, there really isn't. There's no prohibition in either the Old Testament or the New Testament, that says that a person should not be cremated. And if anybody is uh, worried about the implications for bodily resurrection, I mean, we have to remember two things. First, God is omnipotent. God is omnipotent. He can do anything that is logically possible. He's a maximally great being. God can... I mean, if you take the de novo view of Genesis 2, I mean, he took he took dust and made a human body out of it. Well, when a person is cremated, what's left behind? Dust. You don't think God who took, you know, assuming that the Genesis, assuming that the de novo literal interpretation of Genesis 2 is true, which as you've, if you've seen my video series on the primeval history, or if you've listened to episodes on the Cerebral Faith podcast where I talk about Adam and Eve, I, I agree with John Walton that that's not what the forming from dust and forming from rib is about. Um, but I'm not going to go off on that rabbit trail. You can just check out those episodes for yourself. Uh, but if, I mean, if you do take 
especially if you take the uh, literal view of Genesis 2, God scooping up dust, throwing it into the air, and uh, there's Adam, Adam's formed. Uh, you don't think he could do that with cremains? You don't think he could take those ashes in the urn and, you know, supernaturally, miraculously make the, the bring the person's body back? For their, for their soul to inhabit at the resurrection? Of course he can. Um, and of course, you, you, we have to remember the first law of thermodynamics. Matter can neither be created nor destroyed. There, the, the most you can reduce a body to is, you know, ashes, dust. But even if you could get rid of all the molecular components of a body... God could just create a new body ex nihilo. There is nothing stopping him from resurrecting a cremated person. Um, in fact, the uh, well-known preacher John MacArthur, uh, he has written, he wrote this, he said, quote, The state of what remains of the old body is unimportant. And he said, we... We need not focus on how to dispose of our earthly bodies. Obviously, any buried body will eventually decompose, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7, end quote, uh, MacArthur adds. So cremate, and he adds, so cremation isn't a strange or wrong practice. It merely accelerates the natural process of oxidation. Uh, let, let me read that again. John MacArthur, for example, has stated... Quote, the state of what remains of the old body is unimportant, quote, and that we need not focus on, quote, how to dispose of our earthly bodies, end quote. Quote, obviously any buried body will eventually decompose, Ecclesiastes 12, 7, end quote, uh, MacArthur adds. So, cremation isn't a strange or wrong practice. It merely accelerates the natural process of oxidation, quote, and end quote. What MacArthur's getting at here is that everybody's going to turn to dust eventually. In fact, even Genesis, when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they got kicked out, and of course, you know, a whole lot of bad things were going to follow them and their descendants because they're not living in a perfect paradise. Uh, one of the things that God said uh, was... Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, quote, By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return, end quote. So God is basically saying, hey, you're going to die, and he expresses that saying, dust you are. Wait, they are dust already? Well, that gets into my view of what it means for Adam to be made from the dust of the earth that I talk about in... Uh, in my podcast episode on the Genesis 2 and 3 called, uh, yeah, it's episode 69, episode 69 of the Cerebral Faith podcast, Genesis 2, episode 69, Genesis 2 and 3, Adam and Eve as archetypes, priest in the Garden of Eden and the Fall. So you can go listen to that. Um, basically... All people are made from the dust. That's not something that's unique to Adam. Um, 
all people, what, what it means for Adam to be created of the dust is it means Adam is created mortal. And he says, you are dust. You are presently dust. But he says, to dust you will return. Metaphorically, you are dust right now, but you will literally become dust. Because now you can't, you know, because we read in Genesis uh, 3.22, the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and also, uh, take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Genesis 3.23, so the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. Genesis 3.24, after he drove the man out, he placed the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim, uh, a cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So they don't have access to the tree of life anymore. And because they can't reach out and eat from it, they, they're not going to live forever. So think about Adam and Eve, especially if William Lane Craig's view is correct, where Adam and Eve is, um, uh, you know, they're not homo sapiens, but they're homo, they're an earlier form of homo, homo heidelbergensis. As of the time of recording this, I have not had a chance to read William Lane Craig's book, The Quest, of, uh, the Quest for the Historical Adam, but I have heard what he had to say about <clears throat> his, uh, his view of the historical Adam in various different podcast episodes. For example, uh, you know, the uh, episodes of the Reasonable Faith podcast, and also episode 100, where I inter where I did a live episode on YouTube, where I interviewed William Lane Craig and and asked him some questions uh, about this, I think it's I think it's pretty likely. But you know, if if he's right, Adam and Eve died seventy five thousand years ago, a hundred thousand years, um, maybe you know, close to a million years ago. If they're Homo heidelbergensis, their bones have definitely been reduced to ash. But does that mean God can't, you know, Adam and Eve are not going to, Adam and Eve, Cain, Seth, you know, righteous Seth, Enoch, you know, their descendants, does that mean that they're not going to be raised from the dead? No, of course not. Um, we don't even have to get into the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. What about just, you know, 10 to 20,000 years ago? You know, eventually... People, people's bones in the grave reduced to reduced to dust. Um, that's why that's why some that's why some uh, paleontological excavations you may you may be lucky to find just a few pieces of bone fragments. You may find a skull. It's very rare to find a whole skeleton of someone who lived thousands of years ago. Uh, unless a person is mummified, they are going to be reduced to, I mean, to ashes, to dust, eventually. It's just, it, it takes a lot longer for that, you know, the uh, the flesh rots away first, but it takes a lot longer for the bones. The bones can last a good while, but, you know, wait long enough, even they are going to be reduced to uh, just a just a pile of dust. That's just that's just the way it is but god you know <laughs> god's not just going to resurrect the people who managed to not be dead so long that that uh, you know 
that they're dust. He's not just going to, you know, he's not just going to resurrect people who have managed to be dead only long enough for the flesh to rot off. Like, like John MacArthur said, hey, cremation, all it does is just speed that process up. Now, I wish that my mother had gotten buried. Um, I prefer burial. I don't, I don't really like cremation. Even though I don't believe it's a sin, it's, I don't believe it can, it's going to prevent God from raising my mother or anyone else who got cremated. I don't believe, you know, there's no biblical prohibition against it. And I believe that God's going to raise cremated people just as much as buried people. But I still don't like it. And here's why. On the, the gospelcoalition.org, they have uh, an article called the, the Facts, the FAQS, Frequently Asked Questions, What Christians Should Know About Cremation. And it's a very good article. I recommend that, that you read it. But uh, there's a quote by this guy named Russell Moore. And his quote perfectly sums up why I don't like cremation. Russell Moore says, quote, The question is not simply whether cremation is always a personal sin. The question is not whether God can reassemble cremains. The question is whether burial is a Christian act, and if so, then what does it communicate? Of course God can resurrect a cremated Christian. He can also resurrect a Christian burned at the stake, or a Christian torn to pieces by lions in a Roman Colosseum, or a Christian digested by a great white shark off the coast of Florida. But are funerals simply a w the way in which we dispose of remains? If so, graveyards are unnecessary too. Why not simply to toss the corpses of our loved ones into the local waste landfill? For Christians, burial is not the disposal of a thing, it is caring for a person. In burial, we're reminded that the body is not a shell, a husk, to be tossed aside by the real person, the soul within. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 to 8, for Philippians chapter 1, verse 23. But the body that remains still belongs to someone, someone we love, someone who will reclaim it one day, end quote. That's Russell Moore from uh, an article called Grave Signs in Touchstone Magazine. And, and uh, this is the article that... Uh, that the Go that the Gospel Coalition linked to. That's where I first saw the quote. But it perfectly sums up why I prefer cremation. I mean, why I prefer burial. I don't like cremation because I don't think it, it is properly respecting uh, the body uh, th that the person's soul used to inhabit. It's not a sin. God can resurrect the, that person. God will resurrect that person. But I, I don't like it. And I'm not going to, you know, like I said, it's not a sin. I, you know, it's not. It's not a sin. Uh, this For me, this is just a, a personal 
This is just a personal conviction. I, I, I'd say that this is a Romans 14 issue. It's a liberty, it's a freedom in Christ issue. Um, and Romans 14, if anyone, anyone who's read it, uh, Paul talks about, you know, just, you know, not everything is, uh, is essential. There are some disputable matters. Uh, Paul writes, Romans chapter 14, quote, Except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You, then, why do you judge your brother or sister, or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Do not destroy the work, uh, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink or to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. End quote. That's the whole chapter. The whole, whole Romans 14. It's my personal conviction that we shouldn't be cremated. Uh, maybe God doesn't share my idea. Uh, maybe maybe God is okay with it, but it just doesn't set right with me. Now, I told I told my mother this, told my father this, told my cousin this. Um, so why you know why 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 go through with this? Why why not just be buried? Well, it's because of cost. The average burial is just really really expensive. It can cost. Um, a traditional funeral can often cost around eight thousand to ten thousand dollars. 
While the average cost of cremation averages only $1,500 to $2,500, and the place that mom is going to be cremated, uh, it's called the Cremation Society, they're the cheapest place around, they charge $900, so we're talking $900 versus $8,000 to $10,000. This is what mom wanted. Mom wanted to save money, she wanted us to have the money to use for stuff we needed. She didn't, uh, she put it this way, she said she didn't want thousands of dollars being put in the ground. And my dad, he has a desire to be cremated when he dies too, for the exact same reason. I don't like it. Uh, we're still going. We're still going to have a, a ceremony. We're still going to have a ceremony of some kind. We're still going to have a proper send off. We're going to scatter her ashes uh, at the two houses she lived at when she was, uh, y- you know, at that the two houses she lived at when she was married to my dad. One twenty three. Oops! Uh, I almost gave my address on the podcast. I, I <laughs> caught myself. One twenty three. That's all you're getting. Um, but uh, house number one where uh, I grew up, and then house number two, which is actually on the same street. <laughs> uh, glad I caught that, because I would have to do some editing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's, part of it's going to be at one house, part of it's going to be at the other. I'm, I've got some songs that I plan on playing for moms, uh, you know, when we do the, the we're, we're going to give some eulogies we're going to play some songs. I've got two songs that I want to play. Uh, my cousin Crystal has some others. The two songs that I picked. One of the songs is from my perspective. The other song is from my mom's perspective. The song that's from my perspective is called Meet You There by Simple Plan. Uh, Simple Plan is a band that I listened to a lot when I was a teenager. And, you know, the lyrics are just are just perfect that's you know i'll meet you there there being heaven either the intermediate state or the resurrection depends on if jesus comes back before you know it depends on whether or not jesus comes back while i'm still alive because paul talks about in first thessalonians 4 how you know we're not all going to sleep we're not all going to die but we will all be changed we won't all sleep but we will all be changed so whether i'm going to exist in a disembodied state in in paradise like like the thief who died with Jesus on the cross Luke 23:43 or whether I'm going to just have my current existing body transformed into a resurrection body because maybe Christ will return before I before I pass away um I'm, you know, I'm going to meet mom one of those places. I'm either going to meet her in the intermediate state or I'm going to meet her at the resurrection. And I, I can't wait to see her again. I know I will see her again because she was a believer in Christ, like I said in, the, in last week's podcast episode. Um, she, you know, in fact, she she helped me come to come to faith. And um, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode... You should go do that. This epi- today's episode is kind of an extension of that, uh, but last week's episode was totally de- dedicated to her and and uh, 
Mom, you de- you you've done so much for me. You deserve an episode entirely uh, dedicated entirely to you. I love you, Mom, and I can't wait to see you again. This time running towards me, either as a disembodied soul or as a resurrected body with powerful lungs. But uh, yeah, the first song is my, from my perspective. It's called "Meet You There" by Simple Plan. And then the second song is from her perspective. It's called Eternity by Disciple. Uh, both of these songs are really good, and if you haven't listened to them, I recommend you uh, check them out. I can't play them here on the podcast uh, because of copyright issues, obviously. Um, but there's nothing stopping me from telling you to go look them up. All you have to do is just look them up on YouTube, and uh, you can listen to them. Um... But yeah, we're, we are going to we are going to have something. We're going to have. It's not going to be a burial. It's not going to be a you know a service. It's going to be something that we're going to throw. The family's going to throw together, on our own. The only thing that's going to cost money is the the nine hundred dollar cremation. But uh, yeah, um, mom just didn't want to spend that much money. At, don't even know if we, don't even know if we all have that much money. I mean, all, all, the whole family is just pitching in to 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 get to get the the cremation done, which is nine hundred. That's that's a lot of money for us. I'm not even sure if we could afford uh, an eight thousand to ten thousand dollar funeral. I mean, unless I started a GoFundMe page, and I remember what happened the last time I did that. Somebody falsely accused me of misappropriating the funds, which was actually my mom's GoFundMe page, and she confronted them and said, hey, you're not calling my son a thief, you're calling me a thief. She always had my back. And uh, if that slanderer is uh, listening to this podcast, please don't ever talk to me again. Nothing, everything you say, your words, like, you know, to quote, uh, to quote Aowen from Lord of the Rings, your words are poison. But, yeah, those are my thoughts on cremation. I think it's a freedom in Christ issue. It's not a sin. It's not going to stop God from raising the dead. For Pete's sake, he created every single molecule that exists ex nihilo at the Big Bang 14 billion years ago. He, he can raise a cremated person. There's not, you know, he doesn't have to have a pre-existent corpse there with a skeleton. I mean, if, if one's there, then that skeleton's going to you know, walk out of the grave like Jesus did, because Jesus is the prototype of, you know, he's the first fruits of the resurrection, Paul says. Uh, So, you know, the skeleton that I, that I have now, that's, that's going to be encased in resurrection flesh, resurrection organs. Um, But, if if all God has to work with is uh, an urn full of dust or even uh, ashes that have been scattered, if he has nothing to work with, if the first say the first law of thermodynamics somehow gets violated and even the cremains go out of existence, that's not going to stop him either. 
He's go he can he can create a new body ex nihilo. But I don't like it. When I go, I want to be buried. Um, but so you know, so you, it's really it's really up to you. Think about it. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think it's a personal sin, and I don't think. Uh, and, I, and it's not going to stop God. And for me, if, if if those two things are the case, then that's really all that matters. If it's not a sin, if God's okay with it, and if you know, and, it, and if it can't stop God from raising the dead, and it can't because He's omnipotent, then you know, make up your own mind uh, whether you want to bury your loved ones or whether you want to express your wish to be buried or to be cremated. But for me personally. I just don't like it. I would rather my mom and my dad, when they both, you know, be buried. I, I want to be buried. Um, both of my grandparents were buried. Um, I, I just, I just think burial is the better way to deal with the disposal of the corpse. Put it in a tomb, put it in a cave, put it in a casket in the ground, but to put it in an oven, burn it to ashes, and put it in a jar, that just doesn't seem right. And again, maybe that's just my opinion. I don't, I, I'm not sure God feels the same way. I, th I think if he did, he would have said something about it in at least one of the testaments. But because he was complete he's completely silent on it i can only assume he's okay with it or i mean not everything that god is against is explicitly expressed in the bible but some things can be inferred from other teachings like there's no bible verse that explicitly says not to kick old ladies in the shin but I'm pretty sure you can infer from the command to love your neighbor as yourself and to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You can infer, yeah, God's not okay with you going around kicking old ladies in the shin. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's really all I have to say for today's episode. Again, I ask you to keep me and my family uh, in your prayers because... Um, yeah, we're just dealing with a loss, and it's hard, and I pray that uh, my grief does not intensify moving forward. Like I said last week, I'm afraid that it might move in the opposite direction that I expected it to. I expected it to sort of start off really, 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 really bad, and then sort of peter off as, you know, as more time passes, but I think... It might actually start off moderate and then get worse and worse as time goes on. You know, as the, the longer that she's not w here with us, the more I'm going to feel her absence. But, yeah, thank you for listening to the Cerebral Faith Podcast. I want to give a shout-out to my patrons, Red uh, Red Blade Flame, Steel Cat, Zach Miller, Slam RN, Andrew Melnick, Ron Minton, 
Christopher Rogers, Nathan Hamilton, Jordan Hampton, Brandon Whitaker, and David Parrish. And if you would like to be, uh, if you would like to support the Cerebral Faith Ministry financially, go to www.patreon.com/cerebralfaith. And mom, thank you for being a patron for the past two years. Peace out. God bless. And keep using the brains that God gave you.